Hey, stay standing. I'm going to introduce in a moment to you Joel Cave. But uh, first off, in October this month, we're running a series on overcoming. You know that God wants us to live an overcoming life and Jesus has paid the price for us to live in victory and in freedom. And uh, often there's things that hold us back. So it's just how do we push through those ceilings? How do we live an overcoming life? And we're speaking into that all of this month. But it is my great pleasure to introduce to you Pastor Joel Cave. Uh, this this morning, I'm excited to have him here. Uh, Joel and his wife Ellen started Glow Church on the Gold Coast six years ago, and it has grown phenomenally. Uh, and now they're in Sydney, starting in Melbourne as well. But uh, these guys are inspirational. John and I went down to their Glow Conference, which was held in January this year, and uh, we were just so inspired. I mean, our it was like the 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 shutters came off our eyes, and we could see things that we hadn't seen before. And there's inspiration, there's there's challenges that they live, this um, church that just sort of breaks the barriers and that is just like, uh, does things a little differently and questions things and it messes with your head a little bit, but it's like, no, that's where I need to go into a new place that I haven't been before. And their church has grown into the thousands. We're very privileged today, church, because uh, in Australia this year, we are the only church that Joel Cave is preaching at outside of his own church. So that is the privilege that we have. So I'm excited what he's going to speak into us this morning. Would you open your hearts, put your hands together and welcome Joel Cave as he comes. Man, what an honour to be here today. You doing well? Man, I just love being here. I love your pastors, Pastor John, Pastor Danielle. Obviously, Pastor John is here in spirit, but I just want you to know, not only is your church praying for you, but we're praying for you. Uh, churches all around the, the place. Something happens, hey, when persecution happens, the church grows. That This is in the Bible, all the way through the Bible, and we've seen it, and I just encourage you, something big is about to happen. I mean, it just tells me whenever this stuff starts happening, something big's on the way. And uh, I just want to encourage you. Let's get ready for what God's going to do. You know, when I'm, when I'm around your pastors... I think to myself, I'm going to laugh. They've got big spirits, big capacity, and I just love being around people that are always going to be talking about Jesus. And that's your pastors. They love you. And uh, man, so thankful for those of you that are watching online this morning. We're glad you're here. Before I sit down, I want to, uh, I want to read a Bible verse. Is that okay? Is that okay as Christians that we read the Bible? Okay, let's do that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. I want you to place it on the screen before we sit down. I want you to capture this in your spirit because, uh, you know, like, honestly, I feel very humbled to be here today. I feel very uh, blessed to be here. If you told me six years ago what's happening in our church, that we started with 20 people would be happening, I would have said it's not possible. It's not true, but it's been a crazy, crazy ride that I feel like it's not going to slow down anywhere soon. So, and I think a lot of people want to know why is it growing like so much all the time, and what's been going on. And you know, tonight, I encourage you, if you get a chance to come on out or watch online, I'm going to share about uh, at the end of last year, our church grew by 1,200 people in six weeks, and I'm going to share about what God did in that that time, not during that time, but leading up to it, that literally opened up a floodgate of just people. And I encourage you to be here because I, do, I think it's going to inspire a lot of people to what, what God can do because uh, it's on the Gold Coast. It's just down the road. It's not that far away. You guys live in an amazing place as well. And sometimes, like, until someone breaks a barrier, you don't know if it's possible. And that's what we found on the Gold Coast is, like, you know, people are like, oh, you can actually grow a church to, like, three, four, five thousand people. And I'm like, before it wasn't possible, but now it's happening. So the other churches are going, well, we can do it too. And I wonder what God wants to do here on the Sunshine Coast with a group of people that are saying, hey, we want to connect with the heartbeat of God. 
And I want to I want to give you this morning a little insight before I get preaching about maybe why God's doing what He's doing. Is that okay? Because you got to remember, it's His church. He's building it, and we partner with Him. We're co-laborers. And so I want to read this to you. Ready? You are the light of the world. Everyone say, you are. are. Speaking of you are the light of the world, a a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Next verse, sorry. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone, not some, everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I want you to, before you sit down, believe it's possible that God wants to use you. You're not just here to fill a seat this morning. You're not here just to like kind of tick a box that you did church. You can believe it's possible that when, just like with the story we just heard, that was amazing, what can happen when one person connects with the heart of God and what can happen as a result as the light of God shines through people. God wants to use you. God wants to stir you. God wants to do things in you that you couldn't even dream or imagine. But if we just come with a mentality of, I'm here this morning just to like tick a box, then we're always going to leave just kind of the same. But what if we had a heart this morning that said, I'm believing that this morning, that this could be the catalyst, this could be a line in the sand moment, that God could truly, I'm going to believe it, God could use me to make a difference in my workplace, in my university, in my school, wherever I might be, in my marriage, in my families, whatever it could be, that God wants to use you as an agent of change in your world. And I want to pray this morning as we take a seat that God, we ask this morning, come on, would you lift your hands in this place? If you're watching online, God, we ask this morning that God, Lord, we don't want this just to be another day. We don't want to be another day that we're just kind of doing church, Father. We are the church, Father. When we turn up, church happened, Father. And I ask this morning, God, you would stir our hearts. Help us connect with your heart, God. We don't want to just kind of go through the motions, Father. God, help us be the kind of people that, Lord, will literally hear your voice and be obedient. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you for Pastor John and Daniel. And we ask this morning, that God, as we come around your word, that can cut through the hardest of hearts, that can, Lord, turn up in the toughest of situations. God, we ask that your word will be preached, Father, that our hearts will be open, and that, Lord, our minds will be willing to be challenged in a way that could encourage us to live in bigger lives, Lord, for all that you've got. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. I, don't, I don't know. Hang on, hang on. I don't think everyone said amen. Well, we've got to be in unity here because it commands blessing. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I heard you all the way from East Melbourne, which is amazing. Why don't you high-five three people and say, you look skinnier than last week. <laughs> Thanks, worship team. You guys are amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you. This guy here is like the coolest guitarist. I've been watching. I'm a guitarist. I was watching you. You didn't even look at your guitar once when you were playing today. That tells me you know what you're doing. And uh, I was watching you playing lines. I was like, man, this guy's like... Amazing. Amazing. What a blessing to have you in the church. Maybe tell me more about your story later. Interesting. All right. So good to be here this morning. Uh, Maybe a little bit about me, uh, just so you can kind of get your head around what's going on. Um, I'm married uh, to to one wife. That's all I can afford. And she's she's awesome. Her name's Ellen. And uh, we got married when we were 20. And so next year we celebrate... 20 years of marriage, which I think is probably my biggest achievement because, you know, who knows that you get married young, you change a lot. And I used to have hair and somehow she still loves me in that process. And so apparently all us uh, bald men have got more testosterone. That's a true story. Um, well, hang on, we've got to look at the positives, don't we? Like this, what a negative. And... Uh, but we've got three kids, they're 14, 12, and 6, and I want to share a little bit about our story, because I think it will encourage you. 
um, that what you can do with a life that's submitted to God and just be trusting in what God wants to do. I grew up in Sydney uh, and uh, grew up my whole life there. When uh, our daughter was born, our eldest daughter, we moved to the Gold Coast. I was a high school teacher and I loved teaching. I, I didn't have any kind of uh, real desire to ever pastor a church one day, actually far from it. Uh, I grew up in church, and I look back and I tra- trace back my origin of church life. I look back and think probably I was a good candidate, but never thought that one day I would do this. So I loved uh, just loving people, whether it was uh, you know serving someone in church, whether it was leading worship, whether it was uh, leading a youth ministry, starting a young adults ministry, whatever it was. But I never had this desire to do church. As, a, as my uncle was a pastor, I loved church. I never thought I'd leave the church. I was at 27 years, and I felt God clearly speak to us and say, move to the Gold Coast. And so we took our little daughter, we moved to the Gold Coast. I was a teacher, got involved in a church that had just started. Uh, it was a great season of uh, ministry in that church. I ended up working in the church as the executive pastor. Uh, that church then became Hillsong Church uh, on the Gold Coast, which is uh, doing great on the Gold Coast. But in that in-between time, I took two years off, went back to teaching. And I think in some ways, it was my first opportunity as someone who had now developed my thinking around, I'd only ever been in one church, now I've been in two churches, and I'm like, oh, what, what am I called to do? Like, what, what is it in all the spaces that I've, I found that like at times, like uh, Pastor Daniel kind of referred to it a little bit, like I can be a little bit rogue, like I'm, I'm not kind of the sort of person that can be put in a box, I don't think that way. And, and, and my experience looking back in life has always been that God has used me in ways that others wouldn't say fit into this mold of like what a building and we're playing church and ticking boxes and it just doesn't work for me. And so uh, as I was getting prepared and thinking about what has God got next for me, I was teaching and I felt God speak to me and just say these words, what would it look like to build a church for people who don't go to church? And knowing that 97% of the Gold Coast don't go to church... There's a fairly open market there for those kinds of people. Like, it really, is all it is. There's, just like, there's a lot of people saying, hey, I've never been to church. Maybe I'd be interested in going to a church that existed for someone like me that hasn't got it all together, it's not perfect, and maybe looks a bit different. And so, like, we didn't set up a nightclub. We didn't set up, like, a lawn bowl center. Like, we just, we said, what does the current look of church look like? But what, what would it look like to just maybe do a few things a bit differently but ultimately tap into God's heartbeat? Because God's mission's never changed. God's got a purpose for every person that calls upon his name and says, I want Jesus in my life, that you can make a difference, not because of what you can do, but what Christ can do through you. And so I want to share this morning really the heartbeat of why I believe our church has been growing like crazy. Because it's not about me, it's not because of clever social media, it's not because that we're taking big risks. I mean, all those things you know, are out there and whatever, there's faith steps and what, but there is a heartbeat. And I don't believe it's, it's different to like anything that beats here. Well, I just heard that story. I was like, man, that same heartbeat is beating right here. I just think sometimes maybe we need to be more mobilized, more mobilized to believe that I can see that happen too. And I think I'm thankful that, that he was able to have a friend called Phil in his life that didn't hide and the love of Jesus or the light of Jesus from him that he was willing to have a God assignment in front of him and now we see the results of what can happen with someone that you would have said beforehand would never come to church. They're cynical, they don't believe it's possible. And I wonder how many people in our world have said they'll never come to church. They're the ones that one day will end up in church. They're the ones that you say it because you think, man, they're too much of a, they've got an opinion about things. They're the ones that really just, they're not opinions, they're called a potential leader one day. There are people in your world that are living counterfeit lives and you think to yourself, they'll never ever walk into the doors of a church 
And many times that might be the case, but they'll, they'll meet you. And I wish sometimes that even in my own church that we would have a sign that said, Hey church, welcome to the building. Because I think we've missed the point of what church is because church isn't this, these walls. The church is you turning up at an appointed place and appointed time. And when the church gathers, the mobilized force of Jesus, something takes place. When we started the church, there was 20 of us. I said, I'm going to start a church. People don't want to go to church. And just put it out there on, on I think it was Twitter at the time, because even Instagram didn't exist. Things had changed quickly. Hey, we're going to start a church, and it's going to be for people who don't want to go to church. Anyone want to come? Or even didn't want to, maybe never been to church. So we had some people roll in, and uh, I looked at that group of people and thought, hmm, it's going to be tough. <laughs> I don't know if this is what's in my heart, but good to have you here. And I remember asking the question of God, God, what is going to unlock what is the key in this city that's going to unlock this city? It's a question I encourage you guys in Melbourne as well to ask that question. What is it for you in that part of Melbourne that will unlock? What is the key, the Holy Spirit key that will unlock something for God? For us on the Gold Coast, it's very different than Sydney. It was a whole different prayer we prayed and a different response that God gave us. But on the Gold Coast, God said to me, you will reach this city through young adults. At the time, I was thinking, man, I've, I've gone past that. Look, I've lost my hair. Look, I've, like I've got kids. Like there's, I'm not really the cool, the cool pastor anymore. It's not going to really work. And I just felt God said, that is the key that will unlock this city. I looked around who was with us, and there had been one young adult walk in, and his name was Travis. And if you had met Travis, you would have said, probably not a good candidate for this task. <laughs> nice guy, great guy, but you would have looked in and thought, no, what God has done now, you wouldn't say that he would have been the catalyst potentially for that. What I didn't know is that Travis walked in and, and he rolled in and, and then the next week he brought a friend because he had such a good time meeting people. Within about eight weeks of that, that, um, that original him walking into our interest nights, we had 80 young adults in our house in a connect group. And then kind of the history goes on. We were known as the young adult church for a long time until we moved into our new building last year. And then all of a sudden, and I'll talk about tonight, the floodgates just opened in terms of what, whatever God wanted to do. Now we're, like a, now we're almost like got to try and reach the young adults because of the fact that our church has grown so much in terms of adults and families and their grandparents are coming now and the people just come in and sit in the parents' room. And I mean, they're just coming from everywhere. But, but it started with the key that it was going to be unlocked. But there was only one. I could have looked at him and said, no, nope, not going to work. But God said that was the key that it was going to be young adults. Hang on, it gets better. It's amazing. Travis walked in, but what I didn't tell you is why he walked in. See, a year earlier than that, when I was a school teacher, I wasn't a pastor. I wasn't a person who was getting ready to start a church, none of those things. I was just Joel the Christian. Joel the person that is right now a teacher with students in a room. I'll never forget one night, this year 12 student called Travis, who was in my partial care class because it was a Christian school, texted me on Facebook at one in the morning, and I got it the next morning, saying, Dear sir or Mr. Cave, whatever it was that he wrote, he said, hey, I'm going through some real tough times right now and, and I need to talk to someone and I heard you used to be a pastor and maybe you might be able to help me. I don't want to talk to anyone at the school. I, I just, I need someone. I'm about to finish year 12 and I need to be honest with someone. 
And I thought to myself, this is probably like on the borderline of like, you don't do that as a teacher. And I had to go to the assistant principal school and said, look, can, this is the message I got. Are you cool if I actually just go to a public place and get this done? And he's like, go for it. And so I met up with, in a place called Broad Beach, Starbucks on the corner. Some of you would be able to visualize that. Very open. I sat with this young guy at Starbucks and he started to pour out his heart to me and tell me what had been going on. And my heart broke with him as I started speaking the love of God over him and prayed with him there in Broad Beach. Joel, the high school teacher, not Joel, the pastor, not Joel Glocher. But I didn't know that 12 months later, because that day God gave me an assignment for Travis as Joel, the high school teacher, Joel the Christian, not Joel the pastor, not Joel the, the, the senior, just Joel, showing the love of God to a young guy. I didn't know he'd be the first young adult to walk into our church and that behind him would be another 10, another 50, another 100, another 1,000. I didn't know what could happen. Yeah, young guy, Travis. Started last year, he moved to Sydney as part of our Glow Church Sydney launch team. He's there in Sydney now, living there. He's doing it all again. And I honestly am telling you that I believe the only reason that God has done what he's done is because if I could go back to just Joel, the teacher, they had a God assignment on that day to sit with that young man, and God knew my heart. God knew that I was willing to reach him, even though others wouldn't have reached him. And I can tell you story after story after story, whether it's been in a gym, at an airport, in a, that every time I haven't wanted to do it, but I've known that God has put someone in front of me. And this morning, I want to ask you, who's your one? Who's that person that you know God's been tapping on you to reach? Because I think sometimes we think we can only do it in a big crowd. But what I've learned is this, that Jesus isn't interested in the crowd, he's interested in the one. See, this morning, we all gather here, but really, we're just the one that turned up to make a many. And there's a reason that Jesus said that he would leave the 99 for the well, the one. Would you write this down this morning? This is my message title, For the One. Write that down, For the One. Because if you can be a church that can be for the one, you will have the many. Because that's the heartbeat of God, that every person would have the one. There's a reason that when Jesus was walking through a crowd, and he said, who touched me? He knew that one person in that crowd touched him. He knew that that one person had had transfer, that one person had a healing moment. He knew that when he said, hey, how are we going to feed this crowd? The disciples asked the question. There was one young man with loaves and fishes. They said that was the answer to the need of the whole crowd. I honestly believe that if it was just you in this room and that he was going to go to the cross, he would have done it just for you. He had you in his mind on that cross. That it was never about the masses. It was always about the one because the one will always come with the masses. And as soon as church becomes about people coming along and ticking a box and just being part of a crowd, we missed the point. It was for the one. You have a story. You have a family. And here's the problem. There's so many people that aren't here this morning. They're not in the walls of a church. They're not somewhere. They're on the outside of the walls. The 97% of people in this country that don't go to church, that are just waiting for someone to preach the gospel, maybe without even using words. Because something about your life, something about who you are, something about the love of God that was shining from you said, I want to know what is different about you. What is it about you that I can't get my head around that I need to know about? And I wonder if maybe we are on the verge of one of the greatest revivals in this nation 
his church, his church right now, C3 Powerhouse, every other church in this country, if we went from being immobilized to mobilized because we decided to go on a mission to show the love of God. Something that the world can't take away, something the world can't comment on. They cannot argue with a life that has been changed. I want to read to you the story. So I want to read to you this morning a story that I think encapsulates how you and I can live our life. And you may have read this story before from Luke chapter 5. It says this, if you can, I'll read in the back screen, that's fine. Luke chapter 5 says this. One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. So they come from a long way. And the power of the Lord was there with Jesus to heal the sick. Pause. I think that that situation was a lot like what is happening right now in this room. A lot like what is happening in churches all over this country today. There are people that are getting together with good motive to be around the uh, the presence of Jesus, to be worshipping Jesus, but to be in an environment where it's about us being with Jesus. And something radical takes place in the middle of this church service. This sold out event that Jesus is speaking at. Something so radical that gets the attention of heaven. Something happens with four young men that shifts the atmosphere and shifts this story. In verse 18, it says this. Some men, some translations say four, everyone say some. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and try to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. They wanted to get into the service. They couldn't get in. And in verse 19, when they could not find a way to do this, because of the crowd, they gave up. And they didn't. They asked, is there a second service coming? Is there an overflow room? No, they didn't ask any of the questions. They said they had such a desperation in their spirit for their friends that they went up on the roof and lowered him on the mat through the tiles and into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say, friend, you are now whole. In this moment, the first response from Jesus said, there is a need in this man's life that is not a physical need, even though it's obvious, it is a spiritual need that he needs transformation, that he needs forgiveness, that in this moment he needs an encounter with Jesus and something about his four friends that had such a determination to miss out on the church service and find their friend and find that place that they could lower him in and get him to the feet of Jesus, something in that moment speaks about a spirit, and attitude, a sense in their heart that there was something more important about who was not in the room, but who was not in the room. And I think right now, if I can be really honest, I think as Christians, we've got really good at being more worried about who's in the room because we're here. But there's something about people that carry a spirit of worrying and thinking about who is not in the room that needs to be at the feet of Jesus. Who is it in my world? Who is it in my space of life that I'm in that I could have this kind of desire, this kind of energy, this kind of urgency to say there are people in my life, there are people in my world that I don't know what could happen. And here is the problem, right? We live in a place like the Sunshine Coast. I know what it's like. I live on the Gold Coast. We're in a lifestyle city where everything's just chilled. We're good. It's comfortable. But while we're doing that, on our watch, people are going to hell. 
There are people in our worlds that because we got comfortable, because we got busy like the front of the story, we're just hanging out and we didn't have an awareness of what was happening in the world. The 97% of people that are saying this morning, hey, I'm more interested in going to the beach, having a latte, having a coffee, all those kind of things. And yet there's no answers. There's never been more anxiety, more stress. There's never been more marriage breakdown. There's never been confusion like there is. There's never been more addiction in the world we're living in. And I wonder if the two are related. I wonder if the two are directly related to the fact that there's less Christians shining shining their light and there's more people in problems. And what could happen if you and I carried a different spirit? What could happen if you and I, just like these men that carried their friend to Jesus, even though we might not have the answer, here's the problem, right? You and I think to ourselves, man, I know there's that marriage thing going on in my workplace, but if I got involved, I'm not a counselor. Look, I don't know what I'd do. Um, man, that, that, that stress and anxiety that person's going through, like, if I get involved, it's going to make me stressed. Like, if, if I was to, like, try and dive into my workplace friend's addiction with, with like, the, the things they're doing to stay awake, to be able to do what they're doing, like, I, I think I would find myself in a problem because I wouldn't know how to handle it. I don't know if I've got space in my life to even try and care or pray for someone. How on earth am I going to be a solution? And I think we complicate something there was always supposed to be very simple. See, these young men knew that they all they had to do was even open up the roof, get their friend. Where are they getting him? To the feet of Jesus. And you and I, each week where we come together as the church, we are here not to celebrate how good we are. We're not here to celebrate how many people are here. We're here to say that we are acknowledging we are in the presence of Jesus, the Almighty. Here we are here to see the one who can seek and save the lost. We are in a place where we can worship our Father in heaven and say, we are so thankful for what you're doing. We are in a place where God turns up and there's freedom and the Spirit of the Lord is and there's healings and there is salvation. We are in a place that right now our friends, our family that have addictions, marriage, issues they need to be here too and you might feel like man I wouldn't even be able to know how to lead someone in a salvation prayer maybe you have that in you and you should outwork that but for a lot of Christians they really just don't know have the confidence but there's something powerful about just the invitation can I carry you can I pick you up uh, that marriage that you're going through, look, I don't have the skills, but I know someone who does. Oh, who's that? Well, I'll pick you up and I'll take them. I'll take you there. You walk into an atmosphere like this, like we heard this morning. Anxiety comes off people. Freedom is here. Because the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is real freedom. And here's the problem. We're in the overcoming series right now. Look at me, everyone. Look at me for a second. Here's the problem. We're talking about carrying people to Jesus, but the problem is, what do you do if you're the one on the stretcher? You're the one who actually right now is not doing great. You're the one who's caught up in offense. You're the one who's caught up in cynicism. You're the one caught up in small thinking. And you're talking to me, Joel, about I should be carrying them, but I feel like I'm the person, I've never got off the stretcher. I'm still there. And here's what goes on in our lives. That moment in time where we say, Jesus, come into my life, the most precious moment is the free gift of eternal life. Nothing can take that away. But what is happening in the Christian world right now, what is happening in each of our lives, is that we are missing this important equation. We think it's a magic formula for the moment I find Jesus, which is true, I have now eternal life, I have my sins forgiven, but there is this gap between where I am now and the life that I want to live. 
there is this thing, this thing that is an issue is called, I'm not free. There is a reason why the Israelites, when they left Egypt, and they finally got free of the slavery, they finally got free of the encapsulations of the, the bondage of that time, they headed out towards the promised land, and as they're wandering around, they start to say these things, I'd rather go back to Egypt, where at least we had some, somewhere to live, at least we had some routine, I'd rather go back there. What they were saying is, even though they physically had left Egypt, their heart hadn't. And there's a lot of Christians right now that their heart has turned to Jesus, but they haven't had ever an opportunity to get free, to overcome, to actually work out in their life, what are those things that in order to have a better tomorrow that I need to resolve from yesterday? And if you're here this morning and you haven't resolved yesterday, I'm telling you, you are on the stretcher. You'll never fully walk into the promises of what God can do, not only in your life, but through your life. I want to encourage you, the greatest thing you can do if you want to find a place of freedom is get yourself into a group. Like a place where you can trust a small group of people and take the mask off and be real and build community. Like, you know, there's some things that you can, like you can literally these days, you can listen to the best messages. We've all got podcasts. We've all got a YouTube thing. It's so easy to get all those things. But there's some things you can't get online. Community. The power of God. Like, I mean, there's something about when you're in a small group of people to go, I need to get real right now. There's some stuff in my life. I, and the power of confession, the power of community releases the freedom of God. And the only way we're ever going to be able to carry people to the feet of Jesus is knowing that you're not on the stretcher. You need to overcome those things. Here's a great verse from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, that I think this morning is a great key to getting free. It says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's actually a very random line. Think about it for a second. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Think about it. It's for freedom that Christ has set us. In other words, Christ's desire is that you and I would live in freedom, but it's only Him who can set us free. It's the interrelated idea. Because I think the world thinks freedom is I can sleep around, I can do whatever I want, no one can tell me what to do, but only freedom is found in Christ who set us free. So these two ideas are completely related that to be free I need to have freedom and have freedom I need to have Jesus. And I think the world is telling us one other dialogue, one other dialect of what we should be doing, but you and I need to understand we come back to the Word of God that to find true freedom it's found in Jesus and I must go on an adventure to say I need to find freedom for my past so that I can be all that I want. Why? Why should I do that? Because there are people in your life, there are people in your world right now that are relying on that you might be the only Bible they ever read because they saw you turn up to their workplace and you lived a different agenda, you lived a different way, you spoke in a way that said, I am an example of a living, breathing person who knows Jesus. And I wonder if what could happen if we had a whole lot of Christians in this city, in this nation, get free from the stuff that was there yesterday and start to walk into tomorrow. I'll tell you what, we'd be grabbing these mats real quick and helping people get to the feet of Jesus because there'd be no shame. There'd be no sense of uh, the fact that I'm I'm too scared to share my story. I'll tell you what, one of the most powerful things you can share is your story. No one can argue with your story. Why do you go to church? Well, Jesus said before, well, tell me about that. Well, this is what I was like, and this is what I am like now. 
I don't really care what you say because I know that it was in that moment, it wasn't alcohol who helped me, it wasn't a drug that helped me, it wasn't a marriage that helped me, it was only Jesus. And when I got to his feet, something took place that only he can do. The verse continues on, stand firm. Sadly, we have got a lot of Christians that aren't standing firm right now. We're all over the shop. Stand firm. See through your powerhouse. Look at me in the eyes for a second. Stand firm. This city needs you to stand firm. Stand firm and no matter what you hear, what you see, that I know that I'm in a place that loves Jesus, that Jesus at the front and center, Jesus is what it's about. When you hear stories like we heard this morning, you're in a place where you can be confident that Jesus will build his church. Stand firm. And then do not let yourselves be burdened by the yoke of slavery. Here's the reality. Every one of us has got stuff going on. We live in a world where the world gets on us. For a lot of people, we have a lot of shame about what our past was. And if we don't ever fully resolve it, if we don't fully ever take the time to really deal with it, how do we ever walk into our freedom? And I know that there's times where God turns up and just sets us free from things. And that's the reality of the love of God. He just does it. But I think also there's times where God's like, I'm going to need you to work on a few things and get honest about a few things. I'm going to ask you to be bold enough to work on that thing or to put your hand up and say, look, I never saw a good marriage growing up. I didn't have a mum and dad. Look, I'm going to do some work here to build a great foundation for our future. Look, I need to get honest with someone to take the mask off in a connect group and say, hey, Man, like, you know what, all these things you're saying, I want that, but I don't know how to live that. What I'm seeing on my phone every night, it doesn't, it's not, the two aren't marrying up because of what I'm getting myself into. What could happen if not only you got free, but everyone behind you got free too? For mums and dads in the room, because you were willing to get free, generations to come will live a life of freedom. What, what could happen in this room? Young people getting free. There'll be people in this room, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and you've never been free for 80 years. You're still sitting in shame. And I believe the Bible doesn't say shame on you. The Word of God and Jesus wants you to hear morning, shame off you. Because when we come to the cross, we can be, know that His sins have forgiven us, that He died for you, He has a plan for you, that at the cross, that's where you leave those things and say, God, I'm going to do what I can do to work on things, but God, I am free. The Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Not the freedom the world wants to give us, the freedom that Galatians tells us about. That in Christ, I can look someone in their eyes and show them the love of God. I can give someone a hug without some, some weird motive behind it. I, I, can, I can turn up in a situation and speak life into a situation. But sometimes it could be just turning up and not knowing what to say, but here's a meal for you. Because something in you has been freed about what other people think, about the fact that God could use you. I'm glad that the story heard this morning that someone called Paul Maloney was free enough to sit and dialogue, not just for the short term, but went the long term. We heard the story this morning. It was the long game. It was, I was here every month and I came every... And I think sometimes we want this to like, my friend came to church and they got saved like that. And it happens. But sometimes what if it just wasn't about we have to play a long game and just love people. 
and believe that God's got their back and believe that if, as long as I can bring someone to the feet of Jesus, I'm doing my job. I can't determine the timeline, but I can determine my one. Who is this morning that I want to ask you, who is your one? Who is that person in the world that is the one? And just like these men, there's something about them, something about their spirit that carried people to the feet of Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, what are you carrying? Like if I was to sit and have a coffee with you this week down at Malulaba, and one-on-one just ask, what are some of the things you're carrying? What would I pick up in you? Are you carrying a spirit of faith? Are you carrying a spirit of possibility? Are you carrying a spirit of like responsibility to build God's church? Are you carrying, like, I want a healthy marriage? Are you carrying integrity? Are you carrying that let my yes be yes? Are you carrying the kind of person when I'm around you? Like, I know there's something different about you. Because I wonder if maybe the world we're living in right now is watching what you're carrying. And if you're no different, maybe you're carrying a bad attitude carrying offense in your heart, carrying offense towards church, carrying offense towards that person that did the wrong thing, carrying that, that, that hurt, carrying a sin. Those things that we're carrying, you better believe it. People are watching what you're carrying. And I feel like God wants you to hear this this morning. What could happen if we got our heart aligned back to the heart of Jesus to simply say, God, I want to carry what's important to you. And I want to help carry people to your feet. Because if my life can be an example of what the love of Jesus could look like, even when my perfect, my, my, the things that I, I'm not proud of, the things that I know are not good at, but God, if, if somehow I can get myself out of this equation, if I'm not the main actor, if I'm away from it, but God, as I can bring them to your feet and I can run away and go, here, you, you deal with them. What could happen in this church? What could happen to this city on the Sunshine Coast? What could happen if people walked in this room and experienced the freedom? What could happen if we didn't just turn up the church casually ready for praise and worship? What would happen if we were here 15 minutes earlier in the church ready and raring to go because the expectation was in the room that people's friends are about to turn up. They're about to experience the love of God. There's going to be freedom in this place. Come on. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning, church? Team, come and join me. I'm glad I got the best guitarist on the Sunshine Coast with me on board here. And... Um, talking about him over here and man I just feel so challenged saying like I, I don't want to play church I don't want to just come to church like like these days with my time I'm just like God, I, I don't I want to be in an environment so I know the leaders want to think differently like I don't know about you I'm just not satisfied with norm I just like, I don't think our world is like our world is looking for something and while they're searching I need to get myself out of the way and go Jesus is what you're looking for like we don't have time to play church. And here's the thing, right? This is what I found. I feel like I've got to say this. For some people here, maybe you've come from another church. I don't know. You've walked in here and you've become dormant because of the past offense in another season, another experience. That's like me saying that I took my family to a restaurant two years ago. And two years ago, we had a meal and we got food poisoning and we were throwing up all night, and that's it. I'm not eating food again. I'm out. Same thing. And when we walk into a new environment, either we choose to say that was a bad meal in a restaurant that I'm no longer at, and I need to give God's people and His church a chance to let go of those things because I want to keep eating food. 
Actually, I want to keep growing into all that God's got for me. And I will never grow and I will be dormant if I don't deal with that stuff. And I'm telling you, I know what it feels like to get to a point where you can almost question everything. But ultimately comes back to what? For the one. It's not about me. It's about for the one that Jesus wants to reach through you because you have made a choice that you're going to eat again and you're going to make a difference and that you won't get caught up in offense and hurt and all the things that really the enemy has got you isolated in. And if we're truly going to be a church that overcomes, if we're going to be people that overcomes, we must carry a a decisive decision in our hearts to hunt those things down in our hearts that don't belong there. Because everything we do, the Bible tells us Proverbs, flows from that place, from our heart. And I'm about to pray a prayer in my last little moment together here. And I want you to close your eyes right through this room. And I'm going to pray a prayer, two prayers actually this morning. The first prayer is a very important prayer. The second one is the most important prayer. The first prayer is for Christians in this room. You know that you would say that you've accepted Jesus into your life. But if you're being honest this morning, you would say that there are some parts of you at the moment that aren't free. And there's some parts of you that haven't overcome. There's some parts of you this morning that you know that like, it's, it's holding you back from being the person who could truly carry others to Jesus. And in our first service this morning, I looked around and I reckon pretty much every hand went up because if we're being honest, when we live in a world that the world is constantly getting on us, we have to constantly die to self. We have to constantly come back to the cross. God, that thing is holding me back. That thing, that mindset, that behavior, that addiction, whatever it is that's holding us back, if we want to be the people that say we're free, because we're in a place where the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, and I believe the Spirit of the Lord is here this morning, there is freedom. And I'm about to pray a prayer in this room that I believe is going to release some freedom in this place. And if you're here this morning with every eye closed, everyone on the stage as well, you close your eyes. I don't want you to be, you can also have your moment with God because you probably all need it. And and, and it's true, I probably need it as well. Put my hands up and just ask God the question, is there any part of me, God, that needs freedom? And if there is, I'm going to put both hands to to heaven. I'm going to pray for you this morning. Come on. Hands are going up everywhere. This is, this is, this is, this is, the reality is we have to get real. There are parts of us, Father, you see our hands this morning. You see our hearts. We're saying, God, we aren't satisfied at living at the 70% version of who we can be, Father. God, those things that are holding us back, those things that are lurking in the shadows, Father, those things that are are not free in our life, Father, and then right now in Jesus' name, we ask that, Lord, in this room, and we declare that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. And Father, I ask, Lord, this morning in this room, Father, that, God, you would turn up in situations. You would turn up in addictions, Father. You would turn up in the middle of a marriage that's in a mess, Father. That Lord, we would be real enough, Lord. You see every hand that Lord this morning is saying, God, I need you. I, I don't want to leave here this morning without knowing there's parts of me that would stop me from carrying that one. Father, we ask this morning, show us who that person is. Show us who that family is, Father. Show us who that person is, that God, that we can make a difference when we're free. And we ask in Jesus' name, set us free, Lord. Let us know this morning that God, we love you. We want everything you've got for us, Father, Lord. And whatever it is in our life that's holding us back, Lord, we ask for freedom this morning in our hearts, in our lives in our minds and everyone said amen come on give him a shout of praise if you believe it this morning get some freedom up in here and with every eye closed for a moment just one more moment I'm about to finish here there are people here this morning and you've been you've come to church maybe for the first time maybe it's, you've been coming like our friend this morning has been coming for months and maybe you've just been on that journey of working out who Jesus is to you and what, what the, kind of what, what you would say is kind of what, what life's been throwing at you trying to work it all out and it's not an accident you're in church this morning. It's not an accident maybe you're watching online this morning. I don't know where you're at or what you've been, been doing in your life or what your story is or the hurts or the victories have been in your world. You know, I've met people that, Lord, have got it, people have got it all together where they put their head in the pillow at night time. There's a whole part of their life that they feel like is just lacking. 
There are people in this room and maybe circumstances would say that how could God be real? But yet you somehow you know deep in your heart that the only real answer is Jesus. And this morning I'm about to pray a prayer. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 9, if I believe in my heart and I confess in my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, I will be saved. The free gift of eternal life. I'm not going to I'm not going to ask people in this room to do anything weird this morning. I'm not going to ask you to shave your head, put a robe on. I'm not going to set up a call center around your, your house. Uh, we literally just want you to know that Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for you. And that in this moment, you can be set free from your past and walk into your future. And with every eye closed this morning, whether it's you're praying this prayer, maybe you've never prayed it before. Maybe you're in this room and you're, Joel, it's been so long since I've prayed this prayer and I need to get things right with Jesus this morning. With every eye closed, we just give me a quick wave right through this place. I know I'm going to be praying for you this morning. As I look around this room from front to back, left to right, come on, give me a wave and say, Joel, that's me over here and over here and over here and over here. Who else saying, Joel, I'm not leaving here without, without knowing Jesus this morning. Man, this is amazing. I love to see on a Sunday morning here on the Sunshine Coast that Jesus is turning up to change people's lives. Come on, we're going to pray this prayer right now from front to back, left to right. I'm going to say the words. Let's pray it all together. And at the end of this prayer, would you give Jesus a shout of praise to me? Here we go. Jesus, this morning, I invite you into my life. Would you forgive me of all of my sin? And would you take my past and exchange it for your amazing future? Because I declare from this day forward, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm following you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give a shout of praise this morning, church. Amazing. Amazing. Can I encourage you? Like, if you'd never normally come to church at night time, like, could you come at least encourage me? Come hang out with me tonight. Like, honestly, I believe I'm going to bring a word tonight that's going to like really like bring hope to people's lives that like sometimes you can see the Instagram world of like man it's amazing what God's doing but if you only knew like what was happening behind the scenes sometimes like I'll give you a bit of clue my wife last year had a tumor in the lead up to what God was doing and it was like we thought that she was literally going to be weeks to live and God turned up and healed her and there's some things I want to share tonight that show you it's not always about the great things but it's what God can do through the toughest times that can inject a momentum of God that you and I in our hearts I know we're believing for it but I'm believing tonight that if there's anything I can bring to this church is something would kick off in the supernatural place of growth in what God wants to do here. Uh, thank you for having me this morning, Pastor John and Danielle. We love you. We thank you. I want to hand back to Josh right now. Come on. Thank you. So good. Let's give it up for Pastor Joel in the house.